welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show, Taylor and Mike Tramp. How are you? How's it going? Good, good, good. I'm glad we could do this. Been a big fan for a long time. Um, you were so prolific. Uh, right now we're promoting the Songs of White Lion. But I mean, geez, I've been hearing music for you since I've been, I don't know, 16. Uh, and you're not slowing down. I, you know, it's incredible. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it. I can't say that this was a plan. Um, or that there ever was a plan. Uh, you know, you start uh, you start your journey, you jump on the train, and it goes places you, you hadn't expected. And you know, during the time, sometimes you get you know you get thrown back, and you and and you get back up, and you move on, and things like that. You know, I think that you know back in the eighties when we started tasting the success with White Lion, you know. There, there might be a moment there where we we think this is going to be like this forever. You'd start prior, like before White Line, you had like a couple albums out. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's it's. I started already in the music business when I was fifteen and a half, well, 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 unprepared. Um, so from the beginning, they just became learning steps. I think the difference between me and 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 maybe somebody else who, who had a similar plan was just I made my learning steps and you know on on stage in front yeah. of the camera so it was all sort of documented you know and there was no running away from it and 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 of course now you, that I look back I I I see I see the pattern all the all the way and 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 just you know that I had so much energy and so much will to pursue this journey. <laughs> I wasn't always ready when I got to the different places uh, that I got to. And 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 maybe somehow um, what I've been doing since after Wide Line is maybe uh, correct or redo a few things that I was, uh, you know, I got into too early. Right. Looking at you now, like looking back, I mean, when I first heard you, it was, it was White Lion, and, and you know, and as we're talking, your music's changed over the years and stuff. And it used to be like, you know, for me, here, wait, I hear wait, wait, song and rocking out. Now, if I say wait, wait, I'm trying to slow down my grandson from running away from me. Dynamics have changed a lot as I got older. But if you look at your whole life musically, you are a, a journeyman musically. You, you know, all the projects you've done, you haven't stopped. You're a songwriter to the core. Well, you, know, yeah, you are I like mean, a rock star. You know what I'm saying? Like that rock star minute that people know you as. You're 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 far deeper than that. Yeah, I mean the the rock star role is a role that I'm not very good at playing. Um, I feel that I'm very good at being on stage. I'm very I'm very good at doing the show and what I did in Wide Line. I think I did good, but sort of you know the rock star you know persona. Is more someone who, 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 in reality, sort of just stays in their life one place, keep the sunglasses on, you know, do their hair uh, and, and stuff like that. But you know, most people, especially because nobody in the '80s cared about where you came from or if you had any sort of musical upbringing or what your natural roots. It's just really a matter of if, if where you were at that moment, how and how big you were on MTV. Yeah. But, but, you know, ever since I was eight, nine years old, I, you know, I've been sitting with an acoustic guitar, you know, um, watching the hippies of Copenhagen sort of imitate Dylan and Neil Young and Crosby, Stills, Nash, 
you know, that all that kind of stuff. So my true background is 100% folk. Um, and by the time I came to America and I started meeting Vito, regardless if my dream sort of were, were you know, Van Halen, um, when Vito and I wrote songs together, I would be sitting with my acoustic guitar and he'd be sitting with a Strat on the other side. And I'll throw, you know, my own version of Blowing in the Wind to the table. And he would add, you know, larger chords and stuff like that. But the melody remained the same. Yeah. And most White Lions uh, foundation of, of melodies and songwriting comes from that point first. And then it becomes, uh, it, it's put into, you know, the wide line of the 80s machine, you know, the sound of the snare drum, the guitars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it, I proved it to be true that once I started touring like 2013 in America, where I just traveled around with acoustic guitar, now people could hear that these songs could easily yeah. Stand on their own with just some guy who's just strumming, not even think, finger picking, but just basically strumming along the song and people singing along. And that has never changed for me. And it's not about to change. And I was going to say, actually, that's a perfect example. Of, you, 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 White Line to me sounded like Van Halen with Crosby, Stills and Nash. And Young. <laughs> because at the time I was I was going to concerts, I was a White Line fan. I would see Crossroads Nash, and then the next week I'd see Van Halen in town. I liked yeah. a lot of types of music. So to me, you guys were the perfect mixture of a young teen with the the, the guitar and the songs, because your lyrics were way different than anybody else, you know? But, uh, you know, on, on, uh, it's tough to say, unfortunately, because I wouldn't change anything that happened in the 80s, because it happened oh. because it needed to happen. But Biro and I talked about it many, many times, how at some times, you know, we thought we were getting caught up in both an image and 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 some sort of category. Yeah. That we that we couldn't really sustain because we had different messages. If it was possible to have different messages in the 80s when you were hopping around on MTV. Right. The songs, the songs, the songs today, when, of course, now that we're talking about this album, and I know we're going to get to it, obviously is the true proof that with, with a little bit of modern edge and a refreshment, but still staying as true to the original version again, you are not saying these songs are cheesy today. Yeah. Well, the lyrics hold. I mean, half the album talks about Emotions, people's rights, war, standing up for yourself. Not a lot of bands were saying that back back then, you no. know. And I think it's probably confusing because you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you you look one way, but your message was totally different. And even the songs that were ballads were about, you know, we really children cry, or they're about love or loss or or inspirational. You know, you will find happiness again. It wasn't, you know, it was always just a little bit different. It was the right. And I, I don't think I don't even think a record label or somebody could even put you in a pocket to produce, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how they would have put you out there any differently. Cause... No, no, I mean, and you know what? Nobody cared. Nobody, it, it, but that's fine because people in the long run cared. Um, nobody ever brought it up in, in interviews. When we did interviews in the 80s, Circus Magazine, Hit Parader, Metal Edge, Rip Magazine, you, 
it wasn't a serious interview. Nobody really right. wanted to get a deep answer. Nobody wanted you to preach from the stage. Nobody wanted to preach from the radio station. I mean, David Lee Roth has sort of opened that door. And I, I mean, I was fascinated by door, that door about totally entertainment without really having a point. Right. But well, it's good. Like right at the moment is where it's at. It doesn't really matter what's going on, but at the moment is what we're doing the stuff. And being being from Europe and being raised with an enormous awareness, both in school, um, in daily life, about the entire world. Me coming to America in 82, David Letterman had just started, MTV had just started. It was exploding. There was so much positive energy and nobody wanted to be, hear about nuclear reactors or, or apartheid and things like that. And this is what I brought along with me uh, uh, from Denmark, not to be used, but just because I had grown up with it right. and I'd seen it uh, on a daily um, basis, both in, 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 in school and, and, and on TV and, and in youth club. We were very much aware of that, regardless if we were playing music and playing sports and stuff like that. We were very much aware that there's a big world out there and there's many places people are not doing well. Much more socially uh, conscious than, than we were back in the 80s. You, Denmark already was. A lot of the country was. I mean, it was a fun time. We were young. It's fun. And most music doesn't always age out the same, you know. But as we're talking about this, we'll, start, we'll actually start jumping into the album itself. These songs hold together lyrically, and you know, as you as you re, I don't know, you say you're reimagining it. To me, it doesn't feel like reimagining. It really feels like you have a really good pair of jeans, and you wear them all the time, and you love them. And it gets more comfortable, and it feels even better. That's kind of what it feels like to me because this doesn't feel like reimagined to me. It feels it's not even imagined. It just yeah, feels no, like no. It, it. It feels like road worn, but like in a yeah. good way. Yeah, and yeah. and it feels like almost like you. Flushed out, flushed out the songs even more than you already had, you know. Um, yeah, the the thing is, what you're getting at is basically, I mean, one thing is is that you were talking about the uh, you know uh, the songs and how to, but that's basically how I feel both as an artist and as a person. I'm road worn right now, and I'm comfortable, <laughs> and and I'm sitting sort of exactly what I want to see. I mean. You know, if I could ask, you know, God for another 20 years of where I am right now, that's what I would do. But I don't wish to be uh, 27 uh, in this world and stuff like that. Oh, God, I no. love knowledge. I love everything that I've seen. I love that I'm able to say to myself, you are who you are and you are not going to try to be anybody else. Because a lot of and 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 I'm I don't mean to jump and and you know and you might even have the question. The thing I about redoing these songs and and doing this album because I'm going out to uh, tour with those songs is that I want to be up there and rep re representing both my age and where I am today because I'm not twenty second at uh, twenty six. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually sixty two, and and. That both needs to be represented um, in 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 your persona, in your in your you know your expression, but also in how you are as a singer. Well, I think it's about you being true to yourself. I mean, and we'll skip in. I 
we'll go through some of the songs, but I'll be honest with you. The uh, Love Love Don't Come Easy, the reworking of this, and not rework, whatever the way, probably more towards the original. It sounds definitely more along the lines of like of a, yeah, like a Tom Petty song. And not that you're copying Tom Petty. I can actually hear Tom Petty. I love Tom Petty. Could have done a cover of that song. Like it would have felt right in that genre of honest, I don't know what they call it, Americana, folk, folky rock, like you said before. It feels very earthy and very organic and relatable to almost anybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's just the truth because I mean, the ingredients are from those kind of things. I mean, even even though even though even though Vito, of course, admired Eddie Van Halen stuff like that, and and there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, there's a couple of things I did." And when you listen to Vito as a songwriter and as a guitar player, there's not no Van Halen in it because right. Vito Vito is non blues oriented. Uh, he's completely, and both Vito and I loved, I mean, love Tom Petty, we love Springsteen, love Neil oh. Young, love Elton John, I mean, you know, we all, but, you know, but we also loved Journey and Foreigner and Kansas and Cheap right. I mean, we love great songs. Well, that's what it is, a good song is a good song, we still sing Kansas, you can make jokes about that, or a Blue Oyster Cult, a good song, you're still going to hear it 40, 50 years later, you know. Exactly. So I mean, and that's how it holds up. But this this album, though, I mean, like, you cry for uh, cry for freedom right now. That's actually the single right now, isn't it? Or, or sort of your push. Yeah. I mean, how much more relatable could that be within this world? I mean, at the time. Exactly. I mean, are you getting feedback from people on this album about certain songs now resonating differently that well, weren't I aware mean, of you as a solo yeah, artist? I mean, it's it's still very fresh because we're sort of only about you know two weeks into me now starting you know hearing feedback and talking to people. But the thing that I can say is it's it's unanimous in people's response to it. There's nobody that's confused. Everybody's very clear on what they hear. And that to me is, is exactly what the point is because there's nothing new in this. It's just presented today. And 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 it's great to both, both I mean, Little Fighter and and Cry for Freedom and When the Children Cry, you know, yeah. uh, a song that are written for today. You know, I wrote, you know, the, the I wrote When the Children Cry in 1985. Ronald Reagan was president. MTV was it at peak. People would people were rolling in money. Everybody was sort of happy. Rock and roll was at its peak. Um, America was stronger than ever, and nobody was uh, confused if the cat was black or white or yellow or whatever. And here I am sitting in my manager's house in Staten Island with my acoustic guitar writing, you know, a song saying no more presidents and all the wars will end. <laughs> well, it was pretty heavy back then too. And kind of, you know, these songs though, even, even the rework, like going home tonight really feels like it could still be, it actually could be like a contemporary, more of a, like a country contemporary song nowadays, it, you know? Uh, well, yeah. Of course, of course. Well, you know, well, you know, modern day country took a lot totally from, right. from roll, man, you know. I mean, we can all point back to like Mutt Lang with uh, Def Leppard, Shania Twain, and the whole time. Get out of that. You know, that, that's an easy one to go, but, but it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's, it's it, I very much no, hear no. it in going through these songs. I, I, I kind of hope as we talk about this album, because this album is out on the April 14th, um, obviously I got a, a preview of it. It's the whole thing is a good solid album, and it goes to all the hits: Lady of the Valley, uh, The Fighter. I'll go through the list for three point now. Broken Heart, which I'm glad it, it keeps coming back because I know you had it on the first album, and then you guys reworked it. 
the fourth album. And I'm glad it still has a, a good shelf life now. Let's Become Easy, Hungry, Cry for Freedom, Going Up Tonight, Wait, of course. Uh, all, all the Fallen is one of my personal favorites. I love that song. I'm glad it made it to this. Uh, Living on the Edge is a good choice for this album. And Tell Me, and then When the Children Cry, but you do that with piano, um, which is great. I mean, you don't, I know you don't want to redo the same thing you had. No, I'm glad you uh, said that. Well, I'd heard that before. And I want to say this before I ask you a question is, and I'm hoping, because I, I um, as we talked before earlier, big fan of your solo stuff. And so I, obviously I'm 52, so love love rock. I still do. But then someone at the time when, you, when you, it was a uh, uh, came out um, and I heard, um, have you ever? Holy Toledo. That song just gives me the chills to this day. And that's when wow. I knew you were the real deal, like as a songwriter. It's like, this guy is is not just, didn't write just a bunch of good songs with, you know, you and Vito, something like a flash. That was it. And I was I was in for you as a solo artist, you know. And to this day, I probably listen to more solo albums of yours, music, just uh, streaming. But then I do probably White Line. And I love White Line. But I relate more to your solo stuff and the power of what it is. Because as you age in life, it's you're a different person. You know, it's, it's a snapshot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and sure. your music is aging with me, you know, in, in a very positive way. And that's akin to your it life. Would, it would simply be impossible for me to sit down and write a song which would fit on a White Lion album. Uh, you know, you mentioned Capricorn that comes out in 97, my first solo album, and where from the beginning, there are no cross messages. I instantly lay on the table. This is how I sound. There's, there's a classic lineup, you know, two guitars, Hammond B3, piano, bass, and drums. And that has been like that on my all my solo albums. That's who my tramp is a solo artist. It is um it's just a continuation. It is it is as consistent as ACDC is, is in, in ACDC's way. I'm not trying to do anything new. I'm just telling a continuously story a story that goes on, you know? And 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 with that and it's actually for the for the listener. This actually has been the biggest problem for me because already when I did my first U.S. tour in two thousand one, playing on the Capricorn album, I I showed up at many venues and they had announced White Lion, right? And I got just tell you how hard it was for me to. To go on stage with all my hair cut off, a telecast around my neck, and people expecting hungry and wait. I don't. I wouldn't and, know how to do that. That has followed me. That has followed me since that day. That no matter what interview, no matter what record I do, and stuff like that, a large amount of the article will be about my tram from White Line. Every poster since that day has either said the voice of White Line, the dude from White Line, you know him from White Line, et cetera, et cetera. And then when we came into this sort of like 2014, 15s, as I started touring heavily in Europe with the band of brothers, my, my own E Street Heartbreakers band, you know, <laughs> um, promoters would get, oh, you know, man, you know, can you play a couple White Lion songs, you know, film them in the rehearsal studio, stuff like that. And I was so against it, but then I put it in. But then I realized 
the guitar player that I have in my band besides myself has been picked because he would never fit in the 80s. He doesn't play solos like that. So right. now I go out and do new versions of White Lion. Now it's now it's Neil Young interpreting White Lion. Right. And that's not what the people want to hear. So finally, when I get to this point, I'm, I'm just saying, you know what? If if that is my call, I mean, obviously these are my song. If that's my call, then let me go out and do it the proper way. Right. And that's why the that's why the album is called Songs of White Line because it's basically a concert poster. So you're not confused when you look at that poster. You know what he's going to play. I'm I'm glad we talked about that. I want to it's important to clear it up because you are. I mean, White Line became a brand, and it does fill seats, and people will know White Line will go there. Oh, that one song because you know how people are more pedestrian about music are not going to know. You know, my tramps up with, oh, I know that one song from White Lion, and it brings people in. But unfortunately, as an artist, you can't like close that door and move on and build. You know, you've been more 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 solo stuff, and you've been in White Lion in your life. You know, and those are your songs. But you have, I don't know, you seven, eight. I mean, how many solo albums you have at this point? Not including your year twelve. Okay, yeah, your your solo stuff. And it's like you have so much music out there that's so fantastic. You know. I couldn't imagine having how daunting it would be to start solo and then have people want all the all the white line stuff when you're like I'm trying to do something different, you know. You know what? I I I, I was there are times when I'm sort of in between um, finishing a tour and and you know been been promoting an album and stuff like that. Then there's this middle 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 earth where 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 you just kind of just sit and 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 you ask yourself. Why am I gonna do? Why am I gonna do another album? Because it's not like I have a big record company who's really just dying to release another album because money is pouring in. It's not like I have the world screaming at me. We simply can't wait for another album. So the album simply just becomes my own expression. Whatever I, ha- I have in me will end up on the album and things like that. So it's almost the the only purpose besides when then I hear uh, people like you, but even many fans that say to me, and there and many have said it, we like your solo stuff better. Mm-hmm. But it's also because now they have they, are, they have family, they're married right. and stuff like that. They remember the 80s. They just need to w- relate to something that is a little more, you know. Right, current. I mean, it, it holds up. It's fun to listen to White Lion. Well, like I said, on a day-to-day thing, your solo stuff is more, much more relatable. You know, it feels, um, it's just nice to play, going to work, doing stuff around the house. It's relatable. And I think the fact you do it now, and it's so, there's no one in your ear, so you have nothing to gain or lose from doing the music. So it's pure honest. It's just you doing exactly what you love, and how you feel. So it's not like you're like, oh, I got to write a hit song for money. You're like, I, I my, my motivation is just because I have to get this out of me. And there's nothing more yeah, pure no, in music no. than that. That's just it. You know, as I, think, I mean, even though this is far from a comparison or, or competition in any way, there are no one um, that from from the 80s that sort of that I come not competed with. But, you know, we're in the same magazine and et cetera, et cetera, that has that has released 13 solo albums or 
have been consistent. Everybody has been going in and out of bands, rehashing their old band, trying to do that because nobody has. That is who. That is who they are. The thing was that that Mike Tramp and White Line, that was just a part of me. But when I'm when I was by myself, which obviously I was after White Line and a short run with with my my band after White Line Freak of Nature. Once it was just Mike Tramp, it needed to be just Mike Tramp, and it needed right. to sound like Mike Tramp and stuff like that. And that's who I am as a solo artist. I think that's good. I think that's one of the things. Like to me, I don't want to talk. I love Vito, but to me, it's not the question. I actually think you should have a virtual tip jar for every everybody that interviews you and asks you about the band getting back together again. It has to give you a dollar because it will pay for your visa into America, like in five <laughs> interviews. Because <laughs> it's not necessary. It's not people just there's so much out there. It's not going to happen. It's not. It's not. It's not a thing. I mean, I'm hoping this album, the songs of White Lion, because these are your songs. It's a good album. But I want it to be a catalyst because I've always been a proponent. I've been wanting to talk to you prior to this about your solo stuff, you know. And if it, a question, go back to even Capricorn, listen to Have You Ever. If you can't feel the emotion and the power of that, that is going to set the pace for me of all the albums. Now, they're not all that same pace or the same, you know, lyrical content. Some are more upbeat, some more like rock and roll. They're all got a little bit different feels to them. And each of your solo albums sound a little bit different, you know. Um and and that's what I really want to encourage. I hope this album, as people listen to this, go back and check out the other stuff. You know, that's it. I think, and I want to say, that I think when you did the the White Lion, that little bump in the road there, you know, it should have been a White Lion album. It actually should have been a Mike Tramp thing because it was a great album. I just think it got compared against the wrong, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I mean, shot. Yeah. It, those unfortunate the dilemmas, it's like, you know, you know, there are, there are, there are the good sides and there's the not so good sides about being part of this business. It's incredible how, how not well, incredible might be a, be too big of a word, but maybe somehow um, somebody forgets that I am also a rock fan. I also have my, my heroes and I've also, I'm also an author fan. It's like, you know, I, when, when I started reading Stephen King as, as, as very early on, and, and even though some of the books later on, you know, I mean, I bought every Stephen King book because I wanted to follow him as an author. I bought every Journey album. I bought yep. every Springsteen album, every Petty album, every Mellon Camp album, every Neil Young album, every Dylan. I have every D Dylan bootleg. The amount of money Bob Dylan has made just than me. And some of it I'll never get to listen to, but I just decided that it was too big of a part of me. Uh, and the same thing goes with Thin Lizzy and stuff like that. But there are never a, a time during the day, or Queen for that matter, I go, man, I just wish Freddie Mercury came back. I wish Phil Lina came back. I just don't live in this unrealistic world. White Lion will, of course, not get to get back together. We would have done it 20 years ago. Vito has not been in a studio or on a stage since 91. I Him and I are great friends. You know, we have... We share certain things, and we don't go any deeper than that. You know what? Since no one else is going to say it, I don't believe a wide line reunion would be better than the original wide line were back then. We're not that kind of band that should get back together and 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 represent 1988 because the band would not do like I do 
which is mature the songs. The bands would go out and try to play them note for note. And and um, I have already changed the keys of these songs <laughs> to be able uh, to sing them also as as a as a grown man, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot in stuff like that. And I also don't wish my 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 mom and dad rise from the grave and get back together. That life is done. Well, I think it's a part of acceptance. I think it, I, I agree with you. That's I, I mean, you thank you for sharing that. But I was not a question I was going to ask because I don't think it's I think it's important that people just can stop with that because th I hope this album is going to focus on your collection of work that you've done through the years. You know, and people could and Freak of Nature is a great band too. Uh, but I was a band unit. I, the solo Mike Tramp stuff, I'm just talking about more because talking to you and the body of work that you've created and taking your guitar and traveled and traveled for years, you know. That's not a rock star, that's a musician. The traveling, working musician that you've done, you know, and a songwriter, and you do it just because you love music, which is different than what other people think, you know. But that album, though, the album you did do without any of that other stuff, it was a good album. Once again, it was a, a well-written album, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, it got beat up. For it was compared to something it wasn't. It wasn't the same thing. It wasn't the same thing. And so, of course, it wasn't. No, but I I'm not saying thing as you. But the, the, the people were going to compare it, and any guitarist being compared to Vito, it was not going to be fair. You know. No, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, it, it and it, and it's never meant like that. You know, I, you know, that thing. I, I remember that thing started with Randy Rhodes coming in. You know, and Ozzy Osbourne because Van Halen had ruled. Eddie yeah. Van Halen ruled, you know, for about, you know, six, seven years. There, there were no guitar player that even could come close to what he had no. sort of taken over, you know, after Blackmore and stuff like that. There was only Eddie. And I remember coming to America in 82 and, and you know, hearing about Randy Rhodes and Ozzy and stuff like that. And for a moment, it was going to be the new one. You know, when I listened back, I go, not even, not, not, not even close in any way, no matter of that. But, the, but what, what it became, it was like every band needed, you know, a new guitar player. Guitar hero. And, and then if the guitar player left, they replaced it with another one. It was always, yeah. oh, man, he's a great guitar, he's faster. And it was just the same threading, fussed out sound. Nobody was actually adding anything new. Right. It was just, it was it was a bigger thing than it actually was. It was. And my point with that is, I want to say, like everyone else, I love Vito. And, and, but the point is, the guitarists and the players you've had in your album are very top notch. And I, I think they've kind of gotten a shadow. I can't, I'm not going to say their name, Mark. I probably couldn't. Point is, you've had phenomenal musicians. So I think it's a, you know, misnomer. It's, it's kind of sad because being compared to Vito or being compared to other artists, it's not fair as a musician to begin with, you know. Well, and and I think all these albums, they, they, it's all, there's some great guitar work on these albums. If people are into guitar, I, clearly I am. I think there's some great, you know, guitar stuff on these things. You know, it's, sometimes it's about the the small pieces, the, the niche things you do, the strumming, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, we 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 all, when Marcus Nand, who is a guitar player, a friend of mine from, from uh, all the way back to 94, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. And, and you know, I remember back in around 2004 or 5 when I was, kind of being lured in to try to do a new version of a white lion for festivals and stuff like that. And I made a round of phone calls to some of to some of the bigger 80s guitar players. It, it, I don't need to mention them, but you know what? Most of them says, we're not going to play Vito Brada. 
And the thing is, and again, of course, not compared, but you know what? It's almost like a classical piece by Mozart or Beethoven. You can't skip it. Once you start playing that melody, you got to play it all the way. Yeah. And Vito Prada's guitar parts and solos are, you are not, you cannot go into a blues scale halfway through the weight solo. You won't survive. You will never make it. And and a lot of these guitar players were sort of like more into playing guitar, but not really into the complete dedication. Says I yeah. have to play this song note for note. For note. I can't add myself. No, not those songs. He, well, the thing he created, he came out with a tone. I think that's, that was one of the good things you needed back then too. Vito has his own sound. He had a sound that no one could touch. You know. Yeah. But but see, it's not just you dealing with it. Was it was David Lee Ross has redoing Van Halen songs now with some guitar player. First off, I would want to be that guitar player redoing Van Halen songs anyhow because, and I actually heard extra riffs, extra licks on a Van Halen song that they're redoing. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like going to like a museum and painting over a Picasso or something. I'm going to add a little here. I think I'm going to make a, I'm going to put a little color here and make it pop. You know, it's like, just leave it alone, you know? Um, yeah. but, but to that point, you had some great musicians. What is your favorite album of your own, though, of your solo stuff? Like, what, what do you think? If to, For fans, I want people like to listen to you. Like, what do you think would be a good album for them to get into for you? Yeah, well, they, they, yeah you probably, I mean, it's that's actually an album called Museum. Um, and and um, in 2013, I'm kind of restarting my solo career after just have had you know a run with an with Tramps White Lion and some other mm -hmm. stuff. I'm restarting and I'm going back the first, uh, which which is basically real real solo album number four, um, right. uh, uh, Cobblestone Street, which is yep. which is my harp. Which is my uh, Atlantic City. Bah, bah, bah. I know. I know. I'm. 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 I'm comparing it to to Giants. And then after that, um, uh, then I do the Museum album, and it's still just an album that's only me and and my my co-producer Sean Anderson that's doing that. Nobody else is appearing on the album, and there are just songs that I've would have never done before. Kind of stuff that done that I I go far out and explore because mm -hmm. after museum when i come back with uh, uh am i gonna say it's nomad um, actually i've written down because i'm horrible at remembering things is i would be the worst one <laughs> the worst one actually uh you see yeah nomad came out yeah that, you know, nomad was your next one yeah it's, it's that then i'm back to now doing what i did on capricorn Recovering the Ways right. to Jim, Mortal Life than this. It's a full band album. Here we're back. Piano, Hammond B3, two guitars, drums. So um, now I'm into structure and the little song, but there are some songs on the Museum album that is is really, really experiment where I'm experimenting and, and, and mm -hmm. things like that, you know, uh, that, that I really enjoy going back to because it's like, wow, I really went out there, but it's still my tramp, you know, of course, right. I still trust yourself and, and, and things like that. But, you know, it's listening back to it. It surprises me every single time. Well, the, the museum thing obviously was in the back of my mind because I do like the album too. And that's why I <laughs> the little tie in there, but it's exciting. I think it, you can tell as an artist to be fresh and exciting to, to see your excitement of writing something new and different. It's kind of the goal of being a musician. You know, if you're a fan of the musician, 
You want to support what they do. Like there's a lot of bands I like that done some albums that I may not listen to, but I support them doing that album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they need it as an artist, you know. Um, but I'm not gonna throw names out there, but but it doesn't matter. I'd rather have them do whatever they want and fail than do the second album of something else again because people want it. You know. I mean, these albums are all stellar, and they're all different. All your albums are different. You know, I want. People- I have always. And I'm sure I'm sure somebody else might have used the same kind of like a terminology, a, a metaphor. Each of my album is an exit on the highway. Uh, it's a symbol like there. And, you know, this is where I pull off and I, I, I look back at where I've been, what I've seen, what I've done. It's uh, mistakes, it's success, et cetera, et cetera. And then. This is now where the next gets created before I pull back down on the highway. And then the highway becomes the, the you know, the next journey. And when I pull off again, that so each album has been been sort of like, you know, you know, uh, a, a kind of like an expression of of what I've just done. Well, there they're like little journeys. And I think what's great is because you've done, and this is a good time for you right now because Actually, just released an album with 2022. It was actually a non-English album, which is, it's a beautiful album. Um, but a lot of your stuff is being re- re-put out. That's gonna be yours, greatest hits, tripology, like everything's out there. You have so much stuff going out there right now. So it's really exciting as a fan because there's once you put more stuff out there, it's easier for us to hear streaming um, or buy. And that's the thing. So April 14th, I want to say people get the album. It's it's fantastic. I love it. Um, and you can get it in vinyl in the end of August, right? Like, uh, so yeah. that's my push actually, for the album. It's actually my first album that's not being released on vinyl at the same time. Don't it? Really? You know? Is it because of the, the delay with vinyl right now? I don't know. It's 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 the first time that I'm a little bit um, not that involved. I all my solo albums, I am hands on with every single thing. Yeah. That's why every solo album's been released on limited. Uh, call it vinyl and stuff like that because it's I've, I've just taken different pride in that, you know. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Pride <laughs> joke there. <laughs> I want I want to thank you. So actually, one, one unrelated question is what's what gauge string are you using on your telecast when you play? Interesting enough, on on when on my acoustic, I use twelve to fifty four. Okay. And and on on my telecasters, I use thirteen to fifty six. That's a Malcolm Young kind of thing because I only play open chords, right? So that's with a wound G, and they just. I mean, I think some of my telecasters on the on 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 where on the walls here, yeah, they're they're still ringing from the last tour. That's how thick the strings are. I. I- it's surprising how thick and how light some people's strings are. Like, and I love asking that of a musician, you know, like you'll have like a, like a Van Halen's easy top, have the lightest strings, but then you talk to like uh, John Parr, you know, he'll have the thickest, it's like the thicker strings. Like it's, it's always crazy. Like it doesn't make sense. I mean, the thing is that I, you know, um, I was, I was been, I've been fortunate enough to, to, uh, to meet Eddie many times and, and he acknowledged me and, and we have talked many times and I've and I've also been fortunate enough to tour with with CC Top and and become real good friends with Billy Gibbons. How those two guitar players play with those thin strings and and get that tone out of that, right? I have no idea how that happens. And but no one really talks about that besides like guitar geeks. When you get start guitar geeking about it, like to me, 
And they're like, oh, Van Halen, these other things. I mean, yeah, he does those fantastic stuff. It's like, whatever. And, and ZZ Top, these great songs. But I'm like, have you heard how fat that sound is? Do you know how hard it is to be playing that with these thin strings? It's like spaghetti. It's like, it's insane to it's do insane. that. It's it really is. You know, it's, 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 it's out of this world, which, which it also, of course, you know, really, de you know, debunk a lot of things about how you get fat sound. Everybody think you turn up the bit. I mean, it really proves, I mean, of course it has proven with all the great guitar players, and you even mentioned Vito. Uh, there wasn't, there was an episode in 1991 where we were rehearsing right next to Van Halen in, in, uh, in Los Angeles. And Vito was always wondering if, you know, and, and um, he never really got to speak to Eddie, but then one day Eddie came into the room and he picks Vito's Strat up and Vito's playing through um, um, a carbon, like a, no, an ADA preamp, a carbon power amp, carbon yeah. cabinet. Right. And the second, and the, and the second Eddie started playing, you sound like Eddie. <laughs> I've heard it's, that before. It's as simple as that. And when Vito played, it sounded like Vito uh, to a certain degree. It actually did not sound that much like Vito because it really wasn't a specific sound. But Eddie's sound is so much in his fingers. And in just fingers, like Billy yeah. I, I've, I've seen Billy Gibbons pick up my guitar. And he, I don't know what's going on. It's inspiring and frustrating, right? You're, you're like, ah. Oh. They're beyond. They're beyond anything. They should not be cloned or compared. They're they're one of a kind. And that's the thing. You don't also need to compare people because we don't have any beyond. We have these people. We don't need to compare them. And like I said, people. I, I like I love Vito, but I do want to focus on Vito because this is Mike Tramp. This is Mike Tramp. So it, it's still doing albums. It's been doing really stand up albums for a long time, and that's the important part. Okay, so if anybody gets anything from this, get the album. No new white lion. Go back and listen to like all the solo albums. Is really we need to go, you know. And of yeah. course, the new songs of White Lion can be your gateway drug if you need to be, you know. <laughs> you know, and I my favorite song is "Have You Ever." That's the other takeaway from you. Well, I, is, I appreciate that, and obviously, I, I I do hope that I somehow get to get another chance to to sort of a, go out there and and maybe you know um, tour. With you know, with, with 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 the solo songs and stuff like that in in that way, and not having to, because you, before you, I heard you sort of mentioned my my last album, which is all in my native tongue of Danish. Yes, yes. it's pretty. Now, now, and, and now that album is is specifically for the country that I was born and raised in, and 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 how I grew up, and there and there will be another album next year, and. And now with the with, with you know with the songs of White Line album, it's kind of like it's kind of that. There's just a big wall that when I'm in that world or when I'm on that side of that wall, mm -hmm. and I do that, then that's there, and I don't bring anything from the other side of the wall in. So I want to separate, you know, my Danish album, my White Lion thing, and my other solo albums. Those are actually three different things. Yeah. They're all fantastic. They're all good. And it's beautiful because lately I've been listening to a lot of songs that aren't in English. And it's the opposite because, you know, America hears everything's said in English and American. Yeah, so to hear other countries, you guys grow up hearing other countries, other languages. So I've really loved hearing other languages and just hearing the tone, the melody, how it goes with the music. It's a total different 
concept for me, not knowing the language. Yeah, no, I sure. But also, uh, also what I what I noticed, and the, and there was actually like if somebody asked me, is there something you haven't done? Well, there was, but not I, now I have, and that's when I started writing the songs uh, for the Danish album, which is all written on piano, and and Wurlitzer and Rhodes and stuff like that, because I didn't want it to be uh, my solo album sung in Danish. Right. So I started, I, 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 you know, sometimes as a songwriter, you start writing something that says, ah, I can't put that on the album, you know, but, but with that one, you know, I mean, this is, you know, we're in the studio and we're talking about, you know, we're mentioning the Bee Gees, we're talking, we're, we're mentioning, uh, you know, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And, and we're there now creating just, just being a musical journey. That's what that's over there, you know? And and then when I'm in, it, of course, you know, when we're doing, you know, the White Lion songs, well, I mean, it's rock and roll full. That's what we're doing in there. So everything has a place and they will not be mixed. It's fair. It's fair. I hope, that no, I hope when I go to America, nobody's going to call out, have you ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Just go listen to it on, on there, you know. No, no, because it's always, they, they will always call. And I go, well, where were you when I needed you? I know. Well, it's hard. It was harder back then, you know what I mean? Because if you think about the timestamp of, like, just like you were growing, a lot of people rock and roll, a lot of us either went to school or college or jobs and had families and stuff. And a lot of people, the, the focus of music and the expendable money and time for concerts when you had little kids during that growth period for you, was a little bit different. So, you know what I mean? And now as we're all getting older again, our kids are older, get a little more money in our pockets to go to shows, can go back and appreciate it now. So I think there's a weird time span also that affected a lot of artists, you know? Just yeah, the age gap. No, you're you're 100% right. You're 100% right, man. It, it's just, at least, at least I can, I can look over and I can see all these albums and I can listen to them. But of course, it, I mean, I would lie if I say it would. I would have loved to go out on sort of like a big club stage or or theater or something like that and perform my my solo albums with with a full band across America. I mean, you know that would that would probably be for me the ultimate dream. You know, I I, I would think that would be awesome. I think it's deserved. You have the material. You got the skills. I mean, you you it's the times in there. I mean, obviously, it's just about exposure and you know and, and selling it. I mean, and hopefully, maybe this album will re reignite people's like oh yeah because let's face it most people are like they they're gonna hold you to one thing you did in your life you know and god forbid you do anything else you know and because that was the biggest thing you did that visually the world knew they're gonna hold you to that what else has you been doing well maybe the people that don't know, know like what else have you been doing haven't paying attention are in the main commercial land are gonna go oh white line and they'll hear this and go oh it's a little different now oh he has some solo stuff you know maybe i'll start to lead people back into this world of of your solo stuff you know and not yeah. you as the band, but you as a solo artist. You got that right. You got I that hope right. So. Yeah. I hope so. I'd love to see you do some solo stuff. I mean, I'm gonna try to see you guys when you come over here. Uh but uh Yeah, yeah, no, I think we got a gig at Hartford. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah, you're coming into New York and it looks like that's when you're leaving in New York area too, right? Probably because that's where you're landing and leaving around that time. Yeah, didn't you say you're on you're in Connecticut? Yeah, I am in Connecticut, yep. Yeah. Right outside of Hartford. I think we're doing one show in Hartford. Well, I will be there. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to check it out. I know I didn't see that in there, but I will check and maybe it's changed or updated. And um, 
That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. pretty soon I'll post the final dates. You know, there's always when when you when you're two on this level, dates are getting thrown left and right, and there's always something that gets changed or something right. else. You know? I, I know. That actually, I'm going to take it extra, but I'm sorry. I, people are watching that don't always watch my show. For a band to come over, it costs a chunk of change out of, out of their pocket. So the visa and then the merch gets taxed, like it's like a double, triple tax. It costs a lot of money for an artist to come over. And that's why I don't do these big tours, especially coming over from Europe. So when Mike's here, it's already come out of pocket to be here to play these smaller shows. Go to the shows. Yeah, buy his why? merch. So you got to support me here because it costs a lot for the visa. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just to, just to land here as an artist. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, just everybody. Oh, come, come to my town. Come to Texas. I says, I says, yeah, no, I'd love to go to Texas, and I've been to Texas many times. But you also know that Texas is 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 a uh, is twice the size of Denmark. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, crazy. <laughs> and you still can only play five shows, and I can play a hundred shows in Denmark. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's still you still have to make money. I mean, don't everybody that's check this out. Mike Tram still has to like eat food and have insurance, and he has kids and a wife he has to take care of. He still has to do human things. So it can't be like out of pocket where he's just like in the negative. You know, he's got to make money. So when he's there, and, and I'm gonna tell you people when they go to the club, the artist gets taxed from the club, loses the percentage of these <laughs> expensive shirts. I, I'm the guy who always puts it out there. So if you see a Mike Tram shirt for thirty bucks. He's already had to pay for the shirt to get it put together for 10 or 15 bucks, whatever colors. They has to carry it all across with him. And then yeah. and then the, the small percentage there, he's going to lose another 30% because the club takes a piece out of that. I know. So it shrinks down. So I also encourage you, if you can buy merch from an artist, get it directly from them because it's going to give them the most money. And see him. Don't complain why they don't come over. If he's here, you go see him. Yeah, yeah. we're sort of like the panda there's not a lot of us left. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's just important to say because I don't, I, you know, I don't think people look at it that way. You know, when an artist, I'll get them next time, or why don't they come around more? It's not about that. It's about money, and we all pay our bills, so we know about money. There's no excuse. We all do. We all do. So, Mike, I want to thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. Yeah, my a big pleasure. Fan. Thank my you pleasure. very much. I will. I will.